Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to HomeThreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. HomeThreads, love where you live. That's HomeThreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Everyone's a planner. Unless you're just sitting all willy-nilly or you're just hanging out on your couch all day, which no mom does, uh, (laughs) we're all planning. We're all making plans for how we're going to feed our families. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding us kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Today we're talking about budget school lunches, which I think we both have a lot to say about. Right, Stacey? Yeah, I just, I think this is really interesting because we all come at budget from different points of view, whether it's wanting to reduce food waste or just only having a certain amount of money that you want to spend or kind of calculating whether you pack or, you know, buy school lunches because sometimes that's more affordable. Yeah. Actually, we get school lunches offered for free at our school. So it is more more affordable affordable (laughs) not to pack Ella's lunch. And we should mention, we have a really great episode with the budget mom where we talk all about food budgets and how to like rein your food budget in. And Stacey and I get really real and share our personal food budgets for better or worse. (laughs) And we said that we'd follow up and that was like a thousand years ago. Um, um, do you keep on your budget? Pretty much exactly the same. $150 a week is what we plan. But then I also feel like we don't talk about like that we also spend probably $100 a week eating out in various little places and ways. Yeah. Even our planned like pizza nights sometimes or going out all four of us for burgers on the weekend. Like that 100 bucks can go really fast in a That's week true. with four people. Uh, I'm just going to take a tiny little detour. And since you mentioned pizza because this ties into so many things that we've spoken about over the last few weeks. We had a pizza episode. Um, We talk about tweens. I'm always talking about how my kids are growing. Tracy Benjamin in our episode very early on about meal planning shared this tip about buying extra pizza and freezing it. So this week on the first day of school, my kids were prepared, unlike last year. (laughs) Yes. Hooray. Hand clap. I was not like everything went wrong that day. Everything took longer. And I'm just like a desperate move. I (laughs) ordered pizza for dinner and I was like, this will be the celebration. I ordered two large pies. I was so proud of myself thinking ahead. It'll be for school lunch tomorrow. Then I'll freeze some. 
These dudes ate all the freaking pizza. I'm so proud of them. Oh, (laughs) that's the first time we plowed through that. I literally had a slice and a half. Oh, my gosh. The rest of the pizza was gone. Oliver ate four and a half slices of pizza. (laughs) He's nine. I am like super impressed with them. And I think it's also a perfect segue to talk about one of this week's sponsors, Bonza Pasta, because you have hungry boys at home and you need to feed them more protein. And Bonza is a perfect way to do that. Oh, it's a lifesaver. And let's hear more about why. So true. Okay, you guys, you've heard me carry on about how much I love Bonza chickpea pasta in several episodes this season, which is why I couldn't be more excited to let you know that they have recently become a sponsor. Honestly, we're so lucky that the coolest brands, ones that we love, trust, and spend our own money on, end up supporting Didn't I Just Feed You and our community. Especially when their product is such an incredible lifesaver. Bonza chickpea pasta works, tastes, and feels just like regular pasta, which is the kid win, but it has nearly double the protein, three times the fiber, and 30% fewer net carbs, which if you ask me, is the mom win. And don't forget, it's also gluten-free, vegan, and non-GMO. With spaghetti and tons of pasta shapes, including their new alphabets, Bonza has pasta and even rice that works for nearly everything and everybody, including me and my, you know, little low-carb diet I got going on. Pasta is back. And you know pasta never went away in my house. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm loving all that extra protein, especially in the mac and cheese. For more information about Bonza chickpea pasta, visit eatbonza.com backslash didn't I just feed you where you'll also find our personal favorite Bonza pasta shapes. Plus, there's an exclusive coupon code for Didn't I Just Feed You listeners off your next Bonza order. So pizza is really cheap, so it's not a big deal that they ate two whole pizzas, but still. Oh, how are you, do you kidding? That's insane. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's <laughs> a lot. I also think about, and we talked about this in the snack episode, like how you you will buy like nice snacks I like higher end snacks, right? Yeah. And you'll think, oh, this is four servings. And then (laughs) your boys eat the whole bag in a single serving. So like, how do you handle budget school lunches? Because you're still packing for Oliver. Yeah, I'm still packing for Oliver. So I, I, you know, I like to acknowledge this each and every time. I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record. I just think it's really important. Shout it out. You know, I come from a place of privilege. Yes. Me too. And I also get to write off my groceries because of work, right? So I can splurge on my groceries and I can experiment. But for me, the thing then becomes food waste. So yeah. a huge part of how I think of budgeting is if I've spent this much money on it, we cannot waste it. Like yes. this is what we have to do. We have to use it up. We have to eat it. I'm not throwing food away. Um, and that's just how we're going to respect the fact that we have the privilege to, you know, treat ourselves, have prosciutto, have burrata every once in a while, get these snacks. But I have been price shopping for snacks because it does, it is now officially becoming exorbitant. Yeah, like it's a they, line item. In yeah, life. like it's, I mean, they just eat too much. Like it's just, it's too <laughs> much. Like it's too much. Like I can't buy 15 boxes of a $7 snack for yeah, one no. week. Like that's just not, 
it's just not smart. It's not realistic. I, you know, I don't think it does anybody any, you know, service. Um, so I mentioned on a recent episode that I've been shopping at Thrive Market. Yes. Um, and I'm sort that was of, last week. For yeah. Snacks. Yeah. So I'm tracking to see how much I'm actually saving there. So I'm in the middle of that little experiment. I can't yet report that it's saving big. Um, using leftovers from the night before. That's a really big one. Um, and thinking a little bit about how if they didn't like dinner, how I can kind of repurpose it instead of throwing it away. And I lately, and I'm I'm hesitant to say this because, you know, this really ebbs and flows for me. And I think it does for everyone. So I'm just going to share it. I am right now on a kick where I am doing a lot of homemade stuff, like taking yeah. extra 15 minutes in the morning to make smoothie, make extra packet or freeze it in popsicle molds or in cubes to, I made my, um, baked oatmeal bites the other day. And I actually on Instagram, I am at Stacy Villas. I shared how I adapted the recipe. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. I, this is a thing I want to go. I want to go off on a little tangent about. You can do it. No, I just one. I think yes, do it. You shouldn't be ashamed to say you're making extra things at well, all. Only because I say because that I as think a there's... tip, and people see me as an expert. And then in reality, in four weeks, uh, I'll be not making anything. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the thing. It ebbs and flows for everyone. If you have space in your schedule and you can take advantage and prep some things for your future self. You should totally do it. You should. I do that when I can. Or like sometimes the boon of my work at Kitchen is that I write these like meal prep power hours. And sometimes it's like making stuff for the freezer. And I can like stock my freezer with smoothie packs or breakfast burritos or sweet potato muffins, which we talked about in the snack episode. Um, And I feel incredibly fortunate to do that. And this is where my little tangent might go off. Are you ready for it? I'm so ready. I'm always ready for you. I struggle so much personally and professionally with seeing parents on Instagram who have a big following, who are in the food space, and they're like, oh, it's so easy. I just like expose my kids to spinach all the time and they love it. And like I pack these beautiful elaborate lunches And no one is talking about the fact or saying like as a precursor, like you're doing, this is my full-time job. I have made feeding my family for better or worse, a full-time freaking job. And the rest of us are out here. I mean, I work in food. Some of my job is feeding my family and it's still freaking hard to figure out packing lunches and making breakfast and feeding them three meals a day plus snacks every single freaking week. So please, I don't know what I'm trying to get at here, but can we just start talking about it? I wanted to call this as soon as you started going off. I was like, we need to have a section every once in a while, a little segment called Petty Crocker. (laughs) But actually, I'm going to say that I don't think this is all that petty. I I just want to bring awareness to to it. Yeah, honestly, either we need to be really... We need to acknowledge, I mean, it is a form of privilege that you get to work feeding your family because that overlaps what you get paid for and something that you have to do. While 
other parents are out there having to work to bring in money, but then on top of it, they have to feed their kids because there's kind of a choice there. Yes. And they feel this like pressure, like, oh, I'm not exposing my kids to enough things or I'm not like prepping stuff for the freezer. And I, I just feel like some of it creates like unrealistic ideals for parents around feeding our kids. And like, don't forget those people who are creating this content, including us, including both Stacey and I, that's their, that is literally their full-time job. Yeah. It's like being a celebrity. You look at someone and you compare yourself and you're like, my hair, my body, my that. Like that's, that's what they do. Literally in their nine to five, they're going to get facials and they're seeing a trainer and they're shopping for clothes and getting airbrushed and all of those things. Right. And like, this is what we're doing. And like, everything comes with some glamour and some also hard work. I'm not trying to say that they don't work hard. We do too. I love to tell people like, oh, they're like, your job is so cool. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, it really is. I feel really lucky to do what I do every single day. I feel grateful for it. I can't believe it. And you know what? I still have to wash a freaking shit ton of dishes and I still have to grocery shop, which some people hate. And I have to do it multiple times a week. every single week. Totally. And you're on your feet and it's just tiring. Like there are people to deal with and deadlines, just like everything else. It's not expense reports. Yep. Meetings. So I like it. Petty Crocker, but Petty Crocker for the people on behalf of the people, (laughs) Megan, I am feeling it. I'm sorry. I went so off subject and I actually did it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it all circles back to this idea, right? Like, you know why you did it? Why? Why did I do it? Tell me. Because because Analyze it me. also I love this free this free therapy. <laughs> Cuz it also costs a load of money. Oh too. my gosh, it really does. And you know what? Like expose your kid to new foods. Well, that dragon fruit, that one dragon fruit that like by the way, a quarter of a dragon fruit fits into a lunchbox. Yeah. A quarter. So then you're stuck with three quarters that's going to go bad immediately. It costs six, seven dollars. And like, you don't even know that your kid's going to eat it necessarily. Hey. Some weeks they will. Some weeks they won't. Right. Who's to know? It's a roll of the dice. Right. Now, we can give you tips. You can freeze it. You can throw it in a smoothie and they won't even know. Like, there are ways to do this. So we're not just hating. It's just acknowledgement of this as a factor is really, really important to making, I think, like food media, um, something that's actually helpful to all people and not just some. Also, this whole conversation just gets me really excited for today's guest, Amira Martin of Four Hats and Frugal, because she is a mom who, yes, it's her full-time job writing and talking about um, budgets and feeding her family. She's like a mega, mega meal planner. We're going to get her back to talk about uh, I mean, planning. I can't even, we're not going to tell them what she told us because we have to save it's gonna it. It's going to be a surprise. So it's insane. Yeah. She, I mean, really, she's in it to win it on the meal planning, but she's also a person who's like very real. Stacey, you know her in real life from when she lived outside New York, right? Actually, we met at a conference, I think. So I knew that she lived nearby, but I think she moved right after we met. But either way, she is just a force of nature. She's in the U.S. Air Force. She has a YouTube channel. She is a writer. Um, she live streams on Facebook. Like she is just a powerhouse. So she's making me tired and hungry. I know. And she has three (laughs) kids. So, um, I really, if there was ever a moment 
that you were going to go to our show notes and learn more about a guest. We promise this is it. This is someone you're going to want to follow. She also has a brand new podcast called A Full Life. Um, So she's really out there trying to reach people and help people make their lives better through financial freedom. And that touches on all aspects of life, just kind of being the inspiration that she is, talking about food, talking about home care, talking about parenting. Before we hear from Amira, a quick word from one of our favorite snack brands, Made Good. Stacy, just as we make it through summer with the kids snacking us out of house and home, it's time for back to school and we have a brand new set of snack problems to solve. Tell me about it. Between having to find school-safe snacks for lunch boxes, lower sugar snacks to avoid the dreaded after-school sugar crash, and fortifying snacks to fuel after-school activities, sure is hard to find products you can just grab and go anytime, any day. That's what makes our sponsor Made Good so fantastic. Their products are free of the common allergens, made in a peanut and tree nut-free facility, certified organic and non-GMO. And you didn't even mention the best part, Megan. Each individually wrapped package also contains a full serving of veggies that you 100% cannot taste. And go ahead, ask me how I know. <laughs> oh, I know how you know, sister, because made good snacks are delicious and you're not the only parent who eats them too. <laughs> With granola bars, granola minis, soft baked cookies, and crispy squares in a wide range of flavors made with only a small handful of ingredients, made good is a staple in my pantry. And mine too, which is why we're so thrilled to share this brand we trust with our listeners. To learn more about Made Good, go to madegoodfoods.com. Hey, thanks for listening to the ads that make Didn't I Just Feed You so possible. We're so appreciative to you guys and to our sponsors. Without further ado, we had an awesome conversation with Amira Martin about budget school lunches. And you guys, there are so many gems here. I'm really excited about this subject of budget school lunches because we feel like both Stacey and I, we come from a very privileged point of view where mm-hmm. we can spend whatever we want on groceries for lunch boxes and for dinner. And I don't think there's enough conversation around like sometimes school lunch is more affordable, but if for whatever reason you have to pack school lunch and so you have to buy things, like how can you do it with keeping budget in mind? So this is a big question. But we know that most parents are packing 180 school lunches per child per year. So what are some things to keep in mind when you want to prioritize your budget in shopping for those packed lunches? I think the one thing that most parents are doing now, which I really appreciate, is they're asking their kids. (laughs) We get to this little rut where we're like, okay, mom needs to be in charge. She needs to know what to get. And, you know, I have to make sure that everything is balanced in the lunch. But what we forget is that they're the ones who actually are going to eat it. They're the ones that need to enjoy it. And there are certain things that we are going out of our way to make sure are available and and even in our homes. And our kids are like, mom, I just, I only like the Ritz crackers and peanut butter and an apple. Like that's what I need. And if we actually sit down with them and involve them in the whole idea of, Okay, this is this is the budget that we're going to use for your lunches. This is what we can create for the next four weeks for your lunch. Uh, what would you like to include on those days? And doing that and doing it seasonally even will totally drastically bring down your your budget for lunches and for dinners. It's it's very important that 
we do that for them so they can learn the whole autonomy of deciding what is important to them when it comes to food. But also it's great for our budget because we don't have to spend frivolously on things that number one, they may not even like, or they'll never even try. Uh, And they had no input. Really giving our kids input on small things like this helps them understand that input, their input is going to be important for for bigger things. Like I know it's just food, but it's not just food. It's it's a gateway to them understanding how this all works and that food costs money. And that, you know, I will I can enjoy this knowing that, you know, my my mom didn't spend 20 bucks on it. She spent a reasonable amount. I asked her to get this for me. And I'm going to really love it because I gave my input and I'm excited to to have this lunch. That is such a good and important point that I don't think any other person has brought to her. <laughs> I was going to say that was asking a what mic they want drop. in their lunchbox, yes, but bringing it full circle where it's like, hey, we are shopping for these things. We're spending money on these things. What do you want? And what are you actually going to eat in the next week, in the next month, in this season? Um, and then being able to like also come back to it and be like, hey, you asked for these bell peppers, but you never ate them. So like, what do we need to do? Like, do you want different dip for them? Or what, how do we use them up so they don't go to waste? I think is such an important question to bring our kids into. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Conversation. I mean, we, you guys, I love your podcast because you do talk about that so much, how the two of you, especially you talk to your kids about what they like to eat and what they don't like to eat. And it is a constant conversation that you have as moms with your children. And if we just kind of get into that mindset of having those constant conversations, this would not be as stressful as we <laughs> as we make it for ourselves. So we do make it stressful. We do. And I feel like this also reminds me of a book that I've talked about a couple of times on the podcast called like how not how to not raise a spoiled child or the something like that. Spoiled? The opposite of spoiled. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I have talked about it. Yeah, I know. And I'll put it and that's why you remember the title. Yes. I still don't, <laughs> but I'll put it in the show notes anyway. But this idea that talking about money is taboo. Mm. And one of the premises is that we have to talk to our kids about money from very early on. And then I used it as a model for like how to give them allowance and stuff. But it's sort of bringing that back for me that like, don't just talk to them about food in terms of nutrition and in terms of what they like and don't like and pickiness. Also in terms of money, food costs money and food costs are rising. Mm -hmm. Um, we've had people DM us on social media saying like, I I'm also privileged. I appreciate you acknowledging that I'm going to acknowledge that too. And I can shop at whole foods, but like I I have to be in a budget too. It is so expensive to eat the way we want to eat. So like wherever your frame of reference is, I know very few people who don't need to be on a budget with food. And being real about it and having your kids understand that that's part of it, because when they go off on their own, it's going to be an immutable cost. (laughs) They're going to have to know how much eggs cost and milk costs and so on. So this is such a great gateway for that. Amira, real quick before we get into more questions, tell us how many kids you're feeding and asking them what they want in their lunch boxes. <laughs> or they're uh, homeschooled, so they yes. don't. Do you guys pack lunch? Oh, listen, this is this is the secret sauce of homeschooling kids is that you we still have to pack lunch. It's so essential oh. for us to create a lunch for them to have and a breakfast. 
I do both um, because it gets them into the routine of their independence. Uh, homeschool is pretty much a, about independence and independent learning and thinking. And this allows them to go, okay, breakfast time. Let me go grab it. Overnight oats are ready. I can sit down. I can get going. And then when it's lunchtime, if maybe I'm busy doing something because, you know, I'm in, I work online, just like you ladies do as well. We yeah. have online um, platforms. I may be in a meeting and I don't want them to be waiting on me uh, to start their lunch. So yeah. I totally make sure that lunch is prepped for the week if I can. Um, so yeah, we pack, we pack lunch. We pack lunch. I have three. That's amazing. I have three kiddos. So I have a 14-year-old, a nine-year-old, and now a five-year-old. Oh my gosh, that's the span. And what happens when they don't all like the same things? Are you willing to pack different lunches for them? We we have a theme for the lunch that they're going to have. And then they do have their preferences, which uh -huh. is, I mean, we're, we love a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So that's that's a good one. But some one kid doesn't like a certain fruit and the other kid doesn't like a certain fruit. So they'll have their choice of fruit to have with their sandwich. One yeah. kid actually likes peanut butter sandwiches and one kid loves just jelly sandwiches. And then <laughs> I have another kid that will eat an actual legit peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's like the yeah. Venn diagram of what they like. <laughs> it is insane, but that's the theme for the day. It's peanut butter and jelly. So you're going to have peanut butter and jelly with your fruit of choice and you can have the sandwich the way that you like it. And that's how they love it. They love that they can, all three of them can sit down and have the same quote unquote lunch, but it's personalized to how they like it. That's such a smart way to put parameters around because people ask us this all the time. The hardest thing about feeding my family is that everyone has different tastes. Mm -hmm. So if you create some sort of parameter that is within a tolerance that you can stand, you know, a tolerance of making different things and then let them choose within that, everybody wins. Yes, exactly. So yes. Smart. And they don't feel like they're being a bother or they're being the picky eater. We don't use the word picky eater in our house. We use selective eater because they're basically too. just mm -hmm. selecting the thing that they like to eat. And that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but we we don't want them to feel ashamed about their pref their food preferences, because as we all know, growing when you become an adult and having to deal with that, that can cause a lot of issues. Um, so this is their time where they're learning. Listen, this is how I like the things that I like. Maybe I'll want to try something new and I encourage that. I don't push it. Um, but it's okay if this is how I like my sandwich made. It's okay if um, I like this type of cracker and not this type of cracker. Yeah. And so it's it's great. And it's great to do on a budget too, because it's really those little things that don't cost a lot where they can feel like they're being very fancy with what they're choosing. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like, you know, lunch isn't the time or the place where you're trying to nudge a picky eater towards something new. Cause some people have the philosophy of like pack the lunch with new things, like, you know, experiment. That's how you keep it interesting. Mm -hmm. um, do you believe in pushing a picky eater forward in any way, shape or form? And how do you do that on a budget? Do you just like control the budget by doing that only at dinner time, Or how do you kind of incorporate new foods? Well, we, I mean, the best part about nature is that we get a season of new things. So every three months, I, I actually sit down. I sit down with my husband, too, who is very particular about the things he eats. And I say, <laughs> OK, guys, it's fall time. And I have a full master pantry list. So I have a pantry list for every season. And that pantry list changes for every season. You're going to look at the fruits and vegetables that are in season, obviously. And even certain proteins 
they become um, least or less expensive yeah. depending on the season. So I get it. I get excited for everyone. And then they're like, OK, cool. So apple season is coming up for fall. So now I'm like, yes, you guys, apples. OK, who wants to try a new apple? And they're like, oh, I, uh, what apple can I try? So then we'll, we'll go online and we'll look and see all the different types of apples. And they'll, they'll immediately point out the one that they love already. Oh, no, I want Golden Delicious, Mom. Like, make sure you get those. I was like, OK, buddy, you got it. I'll make sure. Do you see any other types of things you would like to try? You got three months to try it. So I will make sure that within the next three months, you get a chance to taste it and see if you like it. And that totally gets them into the groove of every three months, I'm going to I'm going to try something new, but mom will let me pick it. It'll be something that I know will taste good because it's in season and they get really, really pumped about that. So I don't push, but I let nature help me when it comes to getting them to try new and adventurous things. Plus, when it's in season, it's generally less expensive. Yes. And it yes. tastes better. They, they, yeah. They'll taste it and they'll go, oh, my gosh, this is like the best apple I've ever had. And I'm like, yeah, that's, it's in season. Like, it's not, yeah. it's, you know. It's not it's, rocket science. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, that's, that's one of the little, not tricky ways, but one of the ways that we can use as parents to kind of get our kids to, to get excited about new things that they can try. And then they'll start remembering oh, that's right, new things are going to be in season and mom's going to ask me and you won't have to push it anymore. They'll come to you and say, all right, what can I try? It's springtime, mom. I'm going to try something new this spring. What's new in spring that I can try? And then you won't have to do any of that work anymore. You know that's what's so genius? genius? Yes, exactly. Because, <laughs> well, because also there's, we often encourage parents not to think about pickiness meal by meal. And, you know, we've both, both Megan and I have heard from pediatricians and it's something that we have to remind ourselves sometimes is just look at the week, look at every couple of weeks, like, are they getting nutrition? But this also puts a framework in place that allows you to think about it every three months and not stress mm-hmm. every single day or every single week. If your kid tried something new, like they don't need to, if you have this paradigm where you're kind of following the seasons, it will happen. You don't have to stress about it in every moment. Right. Exactly. Again, Not just stop making it so hard on ourselves. I know. Right? We do that, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back to budget lunches. I have a question about um, utilizing leftovers okay. for school lunches. Do you think that you do any planning of leftovers for lunches? Like, oh, I'm going to cook a chicken on Monday night and then use the parts for school lunch during the week. And does that help impact your school lunch budget or your grocery budget overall? It does. I mean, I, I don't, I don't push the idea of having the leftovers for lunch. This is what I actually, I actually do every single month. I try to meal plan for the month if I can, if I'm just too busy, I will do it for the week, but I automatically plug in its own lunch for the day, for the day. So like I told you guys, my kids love the peanut butter and jelly. We actually do homemade Lunchables, which is, it's going over like gangbusters still in yes, our house. Yes, they love it. <laughs> Isn't that wild? You're like, <laughs> it's just crackers and cheese, guys. Right. Like- but they love it. <laughs> so I will make sure that those are already on the list. So those are already my plan. Now, okay. if we have a dinner where, you know, there's a good amount of leftovers for the, from that night, then I can just push back the lunch for the next day. It's, it's not going to mess up anything. It doesn't really, you know, affect anyone. It just, it gets pushed because I do want to use up those leftovers for lunch and I just move it over and the kids are like, oh, cool. We get to have it again. And they're happy. And I, if I have the time, I will doctor it. 
So if we do a chicken, like I roast chicken and we have rice and veggies uh, the night before, and there's just maybe a good amount of chicken left, an ample amount of rice left, and uh, the veggie there, I will grab an onion, chop up the onion, and then I can make chicken fried rice for lunch. Yeah. So yes. that's what that's how I will do that. So it it kind of makes it feel it makes leftovers feel special in our house because there's already a plan for lunch, but you know, oh my gosh, mom's gonna get to use it the leftovers. And I I just I personally like to use them in an inventive way. You don't have to. You can totally just put it in the bento box, chop it up and send it off to school. It's um, funny because your kids are probably like, mom is so on top of everything and so planned. <laughs> and she is willing to move the plan for this, you guys. Yes, this yes. is going to be good. Yes. Yeah. They get so excited. <laughs> and I'm just like, you guys, I just, I want to use this up so it doesn't go bad. Hilarious. <laughs> but it's cool. It's it's a good way to not put the stress of using up the leftovers for lunch. Um, if you already just make that plan for what your initial lunches are going to be, and then you have the opportunity to use the leftovers for lunch, go ahead and do it. So then you're not wasting money. You still have food left over for lunches maybe to push to the next week. And you don't have to run out to the store because now you, you have extra food to use, which is always nice. So you're clearly a planner and yeah. we, we are here for that big time. But a lot of our listeners aren't planners. And I'm curious your perspective on this. Do you feel like it's essential to keeping a tight budget a food budget in particular, or do you have some tips like, okay, you're not a planner like me, at least keep this, this, and this in mind? I, I don't think it's essential. I do think it's super helpful for, you know, moms like us who have so much on our plate. Now, the thing that I, I love when people say you're a planner, and I, and I know how they're picturing that in their head, and then I talk to them, especially fellow moms. And I talked to them, I asked them, okay, so how do you plan your grocery shopping? You know, how do you get food in the house? And when do you do this and that? And they're like, oh, I just, I order my groceries because I can't handle it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, oh, I order, you know, um, uh, those, the food boxes that come. And then I yeah. just do the recipe that they say. And I'm like, okay, awesome. And I, I just let them talk and I go, you know, that's planning, right? <laughs> She's dropping like, truth bombs. <laughs> We're all planners. I'm like, they're just so flabbergasted when I break that down to them. I was like, you've planned to not go to the grocery store. So you've sent someone else to do it for you. You've planned to have someone just figure out the recipe for you and you'll cook it. This is all planning. It's yes. just what works for your lifestyle. So when I when those light bulb moments go off for those moms, when I'm talking to them, I go, now keep planning. If you need to order from Amazon now and the groceries come that day and then you use them that day and you're ordering again, that's still a plan. You're still working a plan. Whatever you can afford to do, just go and do it and get it off of your plate. This is the whole thing is that we are we're doing too much. We really are doing too much. And if we can do something where the convenience outweighs the stress, then we need to work on the convenience and know in our minds, hey, I planned for the week. I planned to have my groceries delivered to me. I planned to take my family out only two nights this week for dinner. Uh, that's all planning. And that's you. Everyone is really, everyone's a planner. Unless you're just sitting all willy nilly or you're just hanging out on your couch all day, which no mom does. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're all planning. We're all making plans for how we're going to feed our family. So 
uh, you know, you've not putting yourself in that planner bucket because you see how certain moms, they have their planners out and then they plan everything and they have breakfast, lunch and dinner and snack. And then they make the snacks on Sunday. Like that doesn't have to be you. You're, you're a planner in your own way and in your own right. This reminds me of the picky eater conversation where, you know, I think a lot of our listeners and Megan and I talk about this. You feel the same way. We don't want to say picky eater because that label starts to create a box within which our kid will start to exist. Yeah. Right. And it's like what you're saying, a light bulb just went off for me because what you're saying is basically like calling, identifying ourselves as a planner or not a planner does the same thing to us. And once you get rid of that label altogether, you just stretch your planning as far as you can in any given moment, because like you said, we're already doing it. It doesn't have to be defined in any kind of way. And then you can start to optimize instead of assuming, oh, if I'm a planner, the optimum is having a spreadsheet and a Google Docs and knowing (laughs) what I'm going to make for a month, et cetera. So I think that's really going to resonate with people. I don't know. It's really resonating with yeah, me. Yeah. And the idea that you can focus on whatever your pain point is. Like if you hate grocery shopping, yeah. like, let's fix it. Let's do drive up and you pick up your groceries. Or if you hate meal planning, like get a meal planning app or subscription yes. or find meal plans online that are already set up for you so you don't have to think about it. Delegate what we what you don't like to do. I love that. Yes. Yes. I mean, we're all planners. You're planning to feed your kids. So you, yeah, you're if not, we need to talk. We <laughs> right. need another episode about <laughs> if that. You're not, and you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes. It might be a problem. <laughs> oh, love it. Yes, yeah. So I just i I understand we, we we stress over this, but there's so many resources out there to kind of help us not only save money when it comes to budgeting for lunches and dinners, but just to just to get this right and to make sure that we are feeling balanced when it comes to providing nutritious things for our family and that we aren't overly stressing over the idea of providing that food to our family. Yes. Okay. I'm going to throw like a, we do this thing sometimes called a lightning round yes. where we list like three things that help us in some way in a particular subject. So I'm going to put you on the spot and say, what are three things that you think are paramount to packing affordable school lunches. And it doesn't have to be a food product. It could be something else. It could be how like a another tool that you use for packing. Okay. Um so first and foremost, a bento box. I, okay. I I'm like obsessed with them. Uh, Do you have and- a favorite brand? You can no, say No, I don't. I don't have a favorite one. I the best one I've ever found though was at Target, but Dollar the Dollar Tree has wonderful bento boxes around back oh, to school time. Hey. Yes. I never thought to look at the Dollar Tree. I, I go there for craft supplies, but not lunch boxes. Around Hot that, tip. Yeah. I yes. was like, what? This is like oh my this is amazing to me. I walked in and they have, you know, they have their little back to school section. I was like, a bento box? Yes. This is and making me so excited. you don't care if it gets lost no. or broken. And yeah. you can buy multiple. I just, I love that. And I love a good compartmentalized lunch for a kid just because they can see exactly what's there. They'll eat it or not. And then if they bring it home and you see that square still has food in it, you know to talk to them about that particular thing and see what, why they didn't eat it. Um, okay. So two more, huh? Yeah. You got it. A water bottle. So okay. a reusable water bottle. We... We're fancy, so we do have swell bottles just because they're oh, reusable. Hey. Yeah, well, they're fancy. reusable. So yeah. <laughs> it's a good budgeting investment. So, um, but we love those. 
and not just for water. They can put, you know, a specialty drink of choice in that too. Yeah. So, do you do they ever pack a smoothie? Because you said sometimes you do breakfast, like packed yes. breakfast. Yeah. You can do a smoothie in those. Yes, yeah, so you can do a smoothie in the in the swell bottle. Um, and then oh, thank you for saying that because that reminds me of the third thing. Mason jars. Oh. Oh my gosh. All types, all all sizes. Get get you some mason jars. I'm gonna tell you right now, I love a mason jar for our overnight oats. We do love mason jars for smoothies when we're making them right then and there. Um, just because I can put the top on and they can stay for a minute and they can have that for snack if they don't want it for breakfast, which is nice. Uh, and they they just hold greens well. Um, your yeah, greens will stay yeah. nice and nice and fresh. And so I have two kids that do love salads. So if I make them a salad, I can just put it all together in the big mason jar. Um, and then that's for me too. I can just have it ready for my lunch. Yeah. Uh, so yes, invest in mason jars. They they will last forever if you don't break them. Uh, and they just, they're perfect. They're perfect for good budget lunches. Yes, any, you like, are so quick on that. I know, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. Do you have any like hot tips on packing a budget lunch that you didn't get to mention? Hot tips? Um, you know what? I, I would say if you can, just because since you're doing it on a budget, always put in like one little wild card. I know we talked about your kids picking a thing, um, but if it's something that is just, it's on super sale and you're just curious about if, anyone in the family will enjoy it, throw it in there. Um, this is how we figured idea. out what um, each kid really liked when it came to their their fruits. And even like granola bars, um, we would, I just, granola bars were on a super sale. I decided to try them out. And I understand now that one kid will eat them store-bought, but the other two actually enjoy mom's homemade granola bars. But I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't have tried it. So Throw a wild card in there every once in a while. If you see it on sale, um, pick it up, throw it in there. You'll never, you'll never know. Maybe they really love those applesauce packets that have the veggies in it. Yeah, you, you would have never known if you hadn't tried. I like that freedom to try something wild every yeah. once in a while. Just one, yeah. just one little thing. It won't hurt the budget. Awesome. Well, we're so happy to have had you. We will, of course, link to all the places everyone can find you on our show notes. But do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you? Sure. Um, so our our website is fourhatsandfrugal.com. So you can find all the meal planning and, you know, special lunches and dinners that are healthy and on a budget over there. Um, we're Four Hats and Frugal on Facebook. You'll find us there. Uh, my personal Instagram is Amira Martin. So you can find me there. And we also have a podcast too. So it's called A Full Life Podcast. So, yes. I'm yeah. so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. I would, you know, we talk about everything that we just talked about today and homemaking tips and a little bit of personal finance and a lot of motivational stuff for moms. So, yeah. So all of our listeners should subscribe right where they're listening right yes, now. Yes, yeah. Yes, we'll listen to that. Great yes. listen. It's a <laughs> yes. great listen. And now everybody will know and be sure of that, having heard you here. I feel like that was chock full of takeaways. Yes. Yes, that's so great. I'm so happy that I could be on and, you know, give, give some personal tips and hopefully they're helpful to all of the listeners. Absolutely. Megan, I feel like we have gotten really great at not talking over each other, but I think we gave our editors some extra work this week. Because <laughs> we were Amira, like, Amira, yeah. you're genius. Yes. Uh, uh, epiphany yes. moment, light bulbs, we're, go we're losing it. Totally. And we were trying to keep it cool because we're like, oh my God, you're thinking about feeding our your family in a way we have not even considered yet. 
Yes. And doing it with a budget. It's pretty awesome. I think she, like, there were a couple of mic drop answers. I was so excited to have her. I really want to dig in with her more because her whole thing about being a planner is such a great mind shift. Yes. At the same time, I was like, girl, let's not play. The fact that you plan this much is part of how you can do as much as you do. Yeah. But then and again, that's the rest the of us. thing about planning. Yeah. Yeah. It like really is. It really makes a difference. Not that we all need to do quite as much as she does. <laughs> she is knocking it out of the park, like across many boards. But I don't know. I just, I want to talk to her more about planning. I want to talk to her more about meal planning too. And a lot of what she said about like shifting around left, shifting school lunches around for leftovers reminded me of one of my favorite idioms from a, uh, another woman who also has a podcast and who I love to follow Kendra of the lazy genius. She always talks about like you plan your hot dogs, like to her hot dogs are the like super lazy meal that she makes. And she doesn't really care that much about, but her family like goes crazy for them. And she considers it junk food. Listen to the junk food episode. (laughs) She's like, you just, you just playing your hot dogs. And I think that that's like an important thing to remember is like, maybe you don't plan every meal. Maybe you're on the fly making stuff from stuff you meal prep during the week, but you're doing some planning if you're planning to eat out or you're making plans with friends and you should just take credit for that. Like, listen, parents, you guys are doing so much better than anyone, like give, than we all give each other credit for. Then when we give ourselves credit for it too. Then we give ourselves credit for it. Very hard. Oh, it's well, a really real. Megan, before we sign off, I talked a little bit about how I'm keeping my lunches budget. Do you have like two or three quick ways that you, you want to share? I stopped packing lunches. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that saves, that sure does save you money. Um, I'm kidding. I think I talked about this in our like back to school catch up that um, Ella is looking at the school. Ella, my seven-year-old is looking at the school lunch calendar every week and she's picking what meals she wants to eat at school and what meals she wants to pack. And so that actually has saved me money because about three days a week, she's just getting school school lunch and the rest of the time she's kind of packing like the lunchables kind of lunch of like crackers and cheese and sometimes meat so I don't have to really buy anything extra for her lunch but I think we should talk a little bit about this like I work from home as we've talked about many times and I like often forget that I need to plan for my lunches. And one of the biggest takeaways I had from our episode with David Tamarkin was the idea of intentional leftovers. And so I'm trying to incorporate intentional leftovers into Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday night. So like maybe I'm making a pot of rice on Sunday and I'm making extra. And then maybe on Monday we're having sausages like roasted in the oven with peppers and onions and I'm making extra of that. And so that like by Tuesday, I have a little nest of meal prepped stuff just for my lunches that I can turn into quick bowls in the middle of the day that I can eat at my desk because that's the kind of season I'm in. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you brought that up because that was the one thing we didn't get to, which is that Oliver's likes a pretty basic lunch. And because I work at home, I'm really not spending that much extra on him. I think it's a function of me working at home and how old my kids are. So the snacks are the biggest expense and we kind of ebb and flow on that. I've told you, I've shared some solutions I've been looking at, but my kids are going to eat that many snacks, even if they're not, 
you know, the snack that goes into the lunchbox is small. And then there's a snack for on the bus, which they need anyway. Yeah. And then what's actually going in his lunch is just like, you know, an ounce extra of turkey or ham that I'm going to buy for myself anyway. Yeah. Like a loaf of bread. It really isn't that much, but I do think it has to do with the fact that we work from home. So I'm very curious to hear more from our listeners. Um, I think this is one where they're going to have a lot to say and a lot of tips to share. So find us as didn't I just feed you on Instagram and Facebook, where you can also join our private listeners group. You're going to be prompted to answer a question. The answer is either whiskey or painkiller, or honestly, just tell us your favorite cocktail. We're going to start some discussions about how we're saving money on school lunches. You guys always have so much great feedback and so many great ideas to share. Yeah, this is really a place where our content goes so much further. So please join because instead of just hearing from us and a guest, you hear from literally hundreds of other people who are smart and care and thinking about this stuff. Yes. And while you're at it, be sure to subscribe to Din I Just Feed You so you don't miss an episode. You can do it right now as we finish closing the show. And if you like what you hear, please do tell your friends about us and rate and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes a really big difference. If you're thinking about it, go ahead and find Amira's new podcast too. It's called A Full Life Podcast because it's really great and it's brand new and she's got a lot of great subjects. Yep. You can subscribe to her right now too. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editors, Jeremy N., Samantha Gatsik, and the entire team at Counterweight Creative. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes. Or leave us a review.